Listener Production. Our kitchen is always open. I'll have what she's having. It's Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast. Old impenetrable Dyson here. 50% vax. Went down yesterday. Sat on the chair. Got the got the good stuff. Out we go. How'd you go? Did you, did you feel solved. okay? Yeah. It, it was even even easier than I imagined. There was a, there was a moment where, where unfortunately... Someone and many people are, and I've I've sort of felt faints giving blood before. Like I don't love mm. the needle sensation in that instance. This one is very small, very manageable for me. But um, someone did faint while I was sitting there, and you like hear the thud, and everyone sort of looked over. Oh, and, and someone really? had, had fainted in that particular area. So the nurse put the feet up on the chair, and people came over, and the lady just sort of pulls the curtain across of this this room. But I felt a just little bit the old bad nothing for to person. see here in first class kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Do you know what I? W- I got my jab, and I as soon as it happened, I I realised very hard not to make a five G joke. And, you and, got to resist the I, temptation, don't you? I really had yeah. to, and I was like, and because someone next to me made it after they'd gotten theirs, and I was mm. like. Oh, what an absolute hack. <laughs> and then I got mine and I was like, I, I was like fighting. I had to hold yeah. my hand back from typing something on Twitter about 5G. I was like, oh my God, maybe there is something in the vaccine. I desperately want to make this joke right now. Yeah, the, <laughs> it is very, very difficult to resist. I need to tie you to the mast of the ship as you fly past <laughs> the um, the sirens of comedy. <laughs> Um, hey, also, what I did yesterday, though, checking out a couple of very funny interviews um, from Swimmer in the Paralympics, Scooter Patterson, shout-outs, Queenslander, uh, a couple of excellent medals, silver and bronze, oh. uh, reaching a silver, I think, in the 50 metres backstroke, SM... I mean, no, 50 metres breaststroke, SB2, uh, and then also a bronze in the 150 individual medley SM3. Oh, I've been loving the Paralympics. Just seeing Kurt Fernley on TV on the reg just makes me very, very happy. Same with Dylan Alcott. He's on fire. ABC iView. Watch Kurt Fernley 1 plus 1 with Baker Boy. I mean, can you get better than that? Anyway, we're going to try here for some entertainment for you. This is All Day Breakfast. And uh, shall we get into it, Matt? Let's go. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast. Alex Dyson, were you allowed to play video games growing up? I most certainly was. Did um, you have a console? Not allowed to watch TV before school. But, um, yeah, I got a PlayStation. Oh, Koshi. I know, couldn't watch Koshi before <laughs> heading off to school. Um, uh, so, yeah, my accounting suffered. But... I, yeah, I tell you what, getting a games console for Christmas as a child, oh, is there a better feeling? I think my life has been downhill since that moment. Bro, I remember when uh, the Sega Saturn came out and um, mum put it on lay-by at the Admire and I remember when we made that final payment and I got to take that bad boy home and play Athlete King <laughs> was truly one of the greatest days of my life. So, you know, we take it personally when um, other kids don't get to play as many video games as they want. And it's happened in China, okay? The Chinese uh, government has said that young gamers under the age of 18 are only allowed to play an hour of video games a day, but only on Fridays, weekends and public holidays. And it's not just, oh, whichever hour they choose, it's between 8 and 9 p.m., which would have been past my bedtime. I know, right? At least everyone's going to be online for the big, 
you know, yeah. multiplayers. For the big multiplayer session, which <laughs> yeah. is good. But it's quite funny because it's like, like, yeah, growing up when there are those rules, like you know, you're not allowed to watch video game or you can play video games after you've, you know, washed the dishes or something yeah. like that. You go, like as a teenager or younger, you're like, oh, my God, I am living in a dictatorship here <laughs> in my house. I am under some absolute... <laughs> Iron fist rule. Uh, thank you very much, Mum John Un, uh, for, for saying these rules. Because, and you obviously, it's an absolute joke because governments would never dictate those kind of things. But now they are. In China, they're saying you're not allowed to play these video games at these times. Was your dad, was the Daddy Mac, pretty, um, pretty strict when it came to the rules around uh, these, the idiot box, as my pa called it? I could play a fair bit, but I didn't want to. I was too busy, you know, after school watching Heartbreak High. <laughs> sure. I mean, who cared about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog when Drazik's eyebrow ring was, you know, dazzling you on screen? Well, let us know. We'd like to know when your parents have put in some rules surrounding your enjoyment and your fun. Just trying to spend 15 more minutes on MSN, you know. <laughs> the parents like, computer off for the night. All you want is 10 more minutes on the secret three-way conversation phone call that That's you're having you to want. see if your crush likes you. That's all you want. You think they understand? No, <laughs> because they're tyrants. Do you think they'll let you drive to school even after you've got your licence? Forget well, about it. Sometimes. I don't want to be too mean to Daddy. He actually did let me drive to school a lot of oh, days. Thank you very nice. much. No, yeah, you can Jokes on him. I then took the car at lunchtime to go get some frozen Cokes and hot chippies from... <laughs> And that's why I got no P9, my man. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and studied a Bachelor of Fine Arts in acting. That's it. But, um, but let us know. How did the, um, the parental government treat you? Were they uh, a forgiving people? Or was it Vladimir Dadden? <laughs> or, you know, if it was your grandparents who were pretty rough when you rented the house, you know, Joseph Parlin, you know. <laughs> oh my or, God, and how did no. you rebel? You know, how did how did you get around get around the rules? How did you circumvent the system? Did you have the old burner phone hanging out in the uh, in the school tidy tray table? Well, I, I in my bedroom I had the um there was a phone connection and we had like an old other phone and so I could stick the phone in and ha have phone calls from my bedroom without anyone knowing. Oh my god, who are you? That is incredible. Just lying on your bed. I can already see you just lying in your bed twiddling the phone cord with your finger. Twirling the cord. Uh, for our younger <laughs> listeners, phones used to have cords. Um, <laughs> it was like a charger that had to be on all the time. Um, <laughs> please, Matt, John, Alex. Coffee? Yeah, coffee. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. And so begins a segment <laughs> inspired by an original prankster. We played you a bit of audio yesterday of Virginia school board meeting uh, that got trolled by someone with a few names, which sounded a little bit rude if uh, spoken quickly and jammed together, but the, uh, the poor old gentleman reading them out didn't seem to know, repeated them both very artic articulately and twice. Um, it sounded a little bit like this. Phil McCracken. Sook. Mahidic, Ophelia McHawk, Eileen Dover, Don Kiddick, Wayne Kerr. 
And Matt, oh, it's it's inspired the inner um, inner artists amongst us to try and um, yeah come up with some new ones because now that these are out in the world, the impact isn't quite there, is it? No, no. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I was busy laughing at some of the some of the names that people have sent in because yeah, you're right. You know, I mean, there's only so many times that you can be fooled by asking to uh, to retrieve. St- a Mr. Seymour butts from the uh, you know back room of your saloon bar. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we thought we'd ask you some new names. Exactly, because all these other ones, if you do those again, it's just a cover, isn't it? It's just a cover song. We need some fresh material that we could come out with and do some more pranks with. So we asked you to come up with a few, um, some more successful than others, but um, certainly making us have a little immature giggle, which we need in this crazy world, don't we, Matt? Well, did you think of any yourself? Have you written any? Awful. And I'm sure they've, they've probably been done before as well. Probably been absolutely. All right. You, we'll go one for one. I've got three. Okay. I've got four. Wait, hold on. <laughs> All right. Okay. I get it. You, you with you four rubbish ones. <laughs> All right. Here we go. You go. Well, we've got Paul Sack. Oh, yep. Paul Sack. Yep. Okay. <laughs> um, what about this? Um, okay. Last name, Kibatol. First name, Stan. Stanky butthole. <laughs> Stanky butthole. Stanky butthole. Um, uh, what about Yuri Nation? The little French, the Frenchman. <laughs> Yuri Nation. Yuri Nation. <laughs> um, um, what about our old friend Lou Sanus? <laughs> Is Lou Sanus in the building? <laughs> Can we get Mr. Sanus out here? Lou Sanus? <laughs> Lou Sanus? <laughs> Do I have a Lou Sanus? <laughs> okay. This is ridiculous. Oh, my Lord. We, 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 yesterday we talked about trying to have, what was it, Wank yeah. Free Wednesday and yeah. we failed miserably. Oh, man, that was rough. I, I tell you what, Triple J thinks people are ageing out. We're ageing too far down. We're going way too far down. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll get into Look, a few I'm that you I'm not even going to give in. any more of yeah, ours. Look, got- let's just go straight to the, to the listeners. Um, thank you very much for um, <laughs> Hungry Hanlon sending in uh, Emma Royds. Ah, <laughs> nice, Emma has, Royds. Has a spicy name, Emma Royds. Uh, at Rocco's Modern Life said, <laughs> this is why I really like it, uh, Ophelia Dickey. <laughs> I don't know why it's so stupid. Uh, um, Ophelia Dickey. Uh, we've got Eric Shan. Yeah. Eric Shan. Um, Nita Dick from Rennie, who adds that was Rennie's grandmother's actual name, not even a lie, Nita Dick. Oh, Nita Dick. Nita Dick. Nita, N-E-I-T-A, Nita Dick. Last name, which is um, And then Hungry Hanlon as well said Flo Peacock. Flo, Flo Peacock. Flo, um, Flo Peacock um, on there as well. There's a few people have said it as well. Mike Oxlong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. Mike Oxlong. Mike Oxlong. Um, <laughs> sounds like a cricketer. Um, all right. Well, what are we going to do with these names now that we've got them? Have we got anyone to prank Alex Dyson? Well, we thought we do have all these names here. They would be 
wasted without trying to trying to do a prank. But we, you know, we try and try and keep things as in house as possible. So we need someone who is going to be fine with it, and also loves a loves a pun. And so we couldn't go past my data in Dyson. Um, so I thought I'd give him a call and uh, just see if he's heard of um, heard of one of these names. Which name should we pick? Well, I don't know. I'm a bit nervous. I, you know, he's he's going to be. Do you think he's going to be? Suspicious that we're just randomly calling him. Um, well, I reckon. I reckon. I just. I talk to him because it will be suspicious if both of us uh, are. Yeah. Calling. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be. I'll just be watching. And, and how are you going to approach it? Um, what are you going to say? What scenario? I reckon it'll be s- someone getting in touch with him if he got a message from someone. Oh, so, you say, hey, did you get a yeah. did you get a message from Flo Peacock? <laughs> yeah, but which name should we go with? Um. <laughs> Look, I want I want Lou Sanus just to see how you go. <laughs> um, all right, all right, I'll try I'll try that one. Let's give it a go. <clears throat> okay, let's call my dad. Hello, hello, Dad. It's Alexander. No caller ID. Yeah, <laughs> going incognito. How how are you going? Good. What's happening? Not too much. I was just wondering if he got a got a me- I got a message from some dude who said you used to teach him. This guy Lou. Sanus. Mr. Sanus. Right? From where? Teach him where. Do you know Lou Sanus? Don't know. Where's he from? Down south. Somewhere somewhere down south. <laughs> well, that correlates, yes. He went to Gooch High. <laughs> yes. And and listen, if he, if he, is he represented by a solicitor or not? <laughs> no, he just said that you used to get up the front of class when you were teaching him and call the roll and say, do I have a loose sinus? <laughs> he talked a lot of hot air. A lot of, hair came, a lot of hot air came out of loose sinus. Is that Matt laughing? <laughs> Matt, love you lots, but shut your face. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dad. We're trying to prank. We're not very good at it anymore. We can't do it. We're trying to be pranking. <laughs> do you get it now, Ian? It's Lou Sanus. Lou, Lou, Lou Sanus. Matt, you've got to work on your delivery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to be fair, just like Lou Sanus, my delivery was a bit sloppy. <laughs> Um, all right. <laughs> Let's... I'm no Chris Rock, mate. Like, <laughs> all right, Dad. Sorry to bother you. We'll, we'll let you get back to it. Thanks, Ian. This I'm is love you too, mate. I'm not bothered. This Do Dad. Bothered? I'm not bothered. Dad, this is this is what your son has become. I'm at work <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> are you are you proud? Thanks for your call. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. All day breakfast. Well, Alex Dyson, as you know, I've taken Sophia out of daycare temporarily based on advice given by the New South Wales state government, uh, reducing opportunities for COVID to spread in uh, workplaces and surrounds. Yep. That's nice. Nice work of you. Yep. So, um, just doing a bit more dadding. I mean, me and the TV are doing a bit more dadding. (laughs) 
You and Bluey doing some uh, some great father figure I'll work. I'll tell you what, Bandit does a lot of heavy lifting in this one. Uh, Bandit is Bluey's dad. Um, so I've been watching a little bit of YouTube. See, I justify it in my head if the, the TV is learning, all right? So none of these glitzy cartoons, all right? We're we're hitting National Geographic animals. What like Shark Week comes on? It's just well, <laughs> she is. She's been watching a bit of Shark. She says like the problem is she always goes, "Oh, can you show me a gorilla or something?" And I'm mm. like, I'll be like, "Yeah, sure." I'll get, jump on National Geographic, and they'll always start with like YouTube gorillas. Yeah, and they'll yeah. always be like. Gorillas are the biggest of the apes. They sometimes hang from trees. Real nice. And then it's like, and they also kill. And then I'll show like, <laughs> a gorilla like, rah, like a yeah. lion ripping apart a zebra. And I'm always like, ah, whoops. Yeah. Anyways, the mind blown Well, fact the child today. must learn the ways of the world. It's brutal out there, man. It's brutal. Um, so the fact I'm going to hit you with. Whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't even introduced a segment. This is oh, that's right. Mind Blown. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. I forgot, to, <laughs> I forgot to tell you what we're doing. We're doing Mind Blown. I thought it, ever, I thought it had become such an iconic segment mm. in the history of podcasts that people would just know. Yeah, it's a segment where we blow your mind. So grab your uh, your bucket, get ready to mop up what's left of your mind after Matt O'Kine gives you a fact he saw on the television. All right, here we go. Giraffes often get by in the wild with just 30 minutes of sleep a day and most won't sleep more than five minutes at a time. Wow. Wow. 30 minutes of sleep. All day. And then I sleep standing up and they do it in between like two minute and two to five minute micro naps <laughs> the whole day. <laughs> and they don't like because they because it's too risky for an animal that big to be lying down sleeping. It's like it's like right? an us on us on Aria's night. It's just we're giraffes <laughs> for the day. <laughs> just in but between while what, the songs are on, just three minutes of sleep. What I find funny is they don't they sleep standing up and for very short blocks of time, two minutes, etc. Mm. No more than five minutes usually, because they're scared of getting eaten by lions. Right? Yeah, but this is how much It'd take lions it for them a while to get up, wouldn't it? Well, that's it. But this is how much of my, lions have got the win then, because lions sleep up to twenty hours a day. <laughs> so they're just lying around sleeping, and a giraffe is too scared to even have a snooze. Like and the twenty hours even... they could be sleeping for. You just sleep <laughs> yeah, the same exactly. amount. Exactly. So that's how much lions have got the psychological win uh, over these giraffes. Uh, the lions living in the giraffe's mind rent free. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, anyways, this is mind blown. I'm glad I blew your mind. Let's hear what we're always open to your mm. um, mind blowing facts as well. We ask you to submit them uh, at matt.and.alex. And this week, our very first one, Alex, comes off the back of our video games chat. Yeah, you mentioned this uh, little known <laughs> video game for the youth. I was trying to play um, the original Alex Kid over my holiday break. Original Alex yep. Kidd just dusting off the old faithfuls rather than the brand-new state-of-the-art graphics <laughs> with all sorts of levels <laughs> and incredible online multimedia experiences. Not for old Matthew O'Kind. And I'm punching blocks and picking up little money sacks. That's right. Well, Evan did get in touch regarding this one. Um, with a remarkably mind-blowing fact. 
I had my mind blown this week by you guys, specifically Matt O'Kine, when he was talking about the game Alex the Kid. And I remember thinking, I've never heard it called Alex Kid in my life. So I took a bit of time out of work, four minutes, <laughs> to search the whole internet to find a, a product shot or something that said Alex the Kid in writing just so I could share it with Matt. But it doesn't exist anywhere. It's always been Alex Kid, and that absolutely blew my mind. But then I got to thinking, why do so many idiots like me call it Alex the Kid? And it's because of the song. Alex the Kid, Alex the Kid, Alex the Kid in Miracle World. Alex Kid still sounds wrong to me, but it's right. I guess I should research Spider the Man next. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Emmett, too good. There we go, a little theme for for you uh, from the original Alex Kid game. But um, you well, tried- we've had this conversation, haven't we? So mm. you already know that this is not mind blowing to you, is it? Oh man, you love telling people it's Alex Kid. You take so <laughs> much pride. I love it so much. And just like whatever you say, listen out. If it ever comes up again, Matt Kind will say <laughs> Alex Kid. You like deliberately have a big pause in the middle just to show the void where a the, just prove you're not saying the. Anyway, uh, let's get to some uh, more actual mind-blowing facts. Uh, Thank you very much for this message from Lauren. Hey guys, my mind-blowing fact is that Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, um, the characters are actually based on the seven deadly sins. So you've got Augustus Gloop, who is gluttony, Violet Beauregard, who is pride, Veruca Salt, who is greed, Mike TV, who is sloth, Charlie Bucket, who is lust, Willy Wonka, who is wrath, and Grandpa Joe, who is envy. Mind alone. Wow. Wow, I did not know that I didn't at know all. those layers were that deep. What are the Oompa Loompas? Is Seven, is Brad Pitt Seven a, uh, a remake of Wonka? <laughs> <laughs> Goodness me, you wouldn't want the uh, Oompa-Loompas coming out in uh, Seven, but, the David Fincher <laughs> movie. Goodness me, that would be a weird turn of events. An oompa finger in a box or something like that. Dear, oh dear. Well, what about this one as well from Evan? My fact is a space fact. Did you know that Mercury's days are longer than its years? Mind blown. Blown away. What? So you on Mercury, you could have you have your birthday before tomorrow. <laughs> so I guess it goes around the sun, but it doesn't before it, it goes ca- tonight. Stay the same. It's facing the sun the whole time. The sun doesn't go down for a whole year. Oh my gosh! Goodness me, a seven day lockdown extension would really hit hard, <laughs> wouldn't it? God. <laughs> Anyway, thank you for your mind-blowing facts. Please send us a voice message with anything you've found recently. It is on the gram, Alex. Well, Alex Tyson, very excited to welcome our next guests to the podcast. Uh, they are a producer and director-writer duo, one of whom I've worked very closely with on my own show, The Other Guy, uh, season two director, 
Gracie Otto, welcome to Matt and Alex All Day Breakfast, alongside producer partner Cody Greenwood. Hello. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. Oh, it's a pleasure to be here. Um, Gracie, I often try to direct Matt O'Kine what to do in the podcast. It's very difficult. Uh, how did you go with season two of The Other Guy? I love directing Matt. I mean, Matt doesn't need too much direction. He just needs to feel comfortable in himself, I think, and that's when he really shines through. Yeah, I, I mean, we, well, we, had, we, we butted heads a little bit at the beginning, you know. There was a little bit of... Uh... We were in the bush. It was a tough. It was a tough circumstance at the at the very beginning, you know, just yeah, trying like to feel first, our way through it. Yeah, first two days up, we were like, oh, maybe maybe this isn't going to work out. Maybe we're not going to. Like, was that a scene of of self pleasuring? If I recall that correctly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was Matt having a wank, doing a yeah. Well, his dad did a shit um, at the same time. Oh, the glamour. But you know what's interesting having Cody here is that the day I found out I got other guy, I got off the plane from Melbourne and I was so excited to get other guy and Cody left me five voice messages saying, I've just financed the film on Under the Volcano. We can start like tomorrow. And I was like, but I've just got the other guy. And then it all worked out. Yeah, you got to make an incredible, uh, well, two, I'm going to say two incredible projects. We, we have been talking about The Other Guy, but let's talk about Under the Volcano. It's an incredible documentary. Cody, can you talk to us about, um, you know, I was just watching it before we before we uh, jumped on this call and it was it's, it's, it's absolutely captivating. Tell us in your words the story behind what this documentary is all about. Sure. So um, Under the Volcano, it's a story of Sir George Martin. He was the Beatles producer and he had this crazy idea to set up a recording studio in pretty much the middle of nowhere in Montserrat, which is off the coast of Antigua in the Caribbean. Um, and it was around for 10 years from 79 to 89 and it had, you know, the Stones, Eric Clapton, Elton John, the police, you know, all the, the biggest rock stars essentially of their time and who went down there to record and it's kind of a fascinating look about isolation and creativity and what happens when you stick people in, you know, very isolated corners of the globe. And some of the big um, albums that came out of there were Dire Straits, Brothers in Arms, The Police, Synchronicity, Elton John did three albums down there. Um, but for some, yeah, it was huge. And for some bands, it really brought them together, like the Rolling Stones came back together down there. Elton John got back together with his band and then for others it was the catalyst to sort of drive them apart like the police who absolutely hate each other and there's a lot of stuff that happened on the island that Gracie and I didn't even include in the film like Elton John marrying a woman down there and Eric Clapton having a secret child and you know it was a total what? yeah wow how does it feel going directly from you know big names like O'Kine to you know, McCartney and Elton John, stuff like that. Yeah. Would have been um quite the yeah, quite the Matt jump. Kine's definitely up there with um way more fun than some of the people that we interviewed. Now, the, the guys that we interviewed Thank are you. great. Thank I think, you. Um, you know, we tried to get Martin Offler for a long time and you know he didn't want to do it and then he agreed. And a lot of them it's like, you know, I love to kind of mind f someone in an interview and psychologically, you know, come across like maybe I don't know anything. Like when I went to interview Andy Summers I like to just get them warmed up and I said, I'll just, you know, just say your name and what band you're in. And he's like, I'm Andy Summers and I'm in the f***ing police. And I was like, oh, no, no. And I was like, yes, now he just thinks that I'm not that smart and now he knows that I know everything about him. Like, it's just an interesting tactic, Gracie, i got to say. I love the interview process because it really makes me shut up as well. It's what someone said once, it teaches you to listen, just something I've never really been good at. Um, and you can learn a lot. 
one sits down for an hour and talks. But you can also learn a lot from Matt O'Kine. Yeah. Well, who did you find that was the most, you know, giving to interview? Who was um, really excited to sit down and chat and seem really personable? Uh, Cody, did you? Jimmy. were you in the room? Jimmy? Grace, Grace and I had this nightmare where we were in LA for seven weeks trying to interview Stevie Wonder and his team kept saying to us, you're going to get an interview, but we're not, we can't tell you when. And we were like, okay. And we had this film crew like ready to go at any moment. And he's not in the film, but this was, you know, seven weeks. And Gracie turned around to me one day and said, I've got an interview uh, with a guy called Roger Glover. And I was like, I don't know who that is, but sure. And we went to San Francisco to interview this guy. Anyway, long story short, we ended up, we couldn't get any flights out of San Francisco. And we had an interview with Jimmy Buffett at 8 a.m. And so Gracie and I, drove through the night starting at midnight trying to keep each other away like looking at each other in the eye like don't fall asleep man like we've got this we've got Jimmy Buffett and we we got there probably about half an hour before we start this interview with, with Jimmy it and it's probably good, my favorite interview yeah. it was a good seven hour drive and we had my cinematographer um this Russian guy I use in LA and his uh, as camera assistant, stop driving, and he, you know, he had some deep house tunes on. It was getting <laughs> dangerous. Like we were all so tired, and we interviewed, and you know, Roger Glover from Deep Purple. They were performing this incredible theatre, but they were like, you, you're not interviewing him in the women's bathroom. So we'd gone from this like really shit interview, and then you know, trying to look good as well for Jimmy. And we're like cleaning our teeth in the car, bought some sunnies, and then we got there. And Jimmy's <laughs> like, I'm just going to go for a surf for an hour, and we we're like, Yeah, yeah, that's totally fine. Just. You know, go for a surf. <laughs> go for a surf, Jimmy Buffett. We'll be here we'll when you're ready. Driven all or just night. Listen, yeah. listen to a bit more Russian house. Uh, come back when yeah, you're uh, when you're all done. Being in our eyes, being like, don't fall asleep, whatever you yeah, do. Too <laughs> just After the interview, he was like, who do you guys need? And we were like, well, we need Paul McCartney. We need Martin Offer. And he was like, no problem. It was like sending them emails to so their personal emails and then CCing in Gracie and I being like, oh, I just did this interview. And you we, like, already, we already got oh Martin Offer's email. Someone at a dinner was emailing him and I've got like 2020 vision, triple 2020 vision. So I just like look over and I was like, going, it's like M-A-R. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. so That's good. So you guys good. went full detective mode. I love it. Just getting all yeah, the Yeah, you've got to go full sleuth. Like I even went to London. My friend Charles Finch was like, if you come to London, I'll sit you at the Chanel party next to Elton's husband. And then I just thought I had one chance with him to say something, but then we just kept getting along all night and just hanging out. And he was like, you know, I just, what are you working on next? And I was like, oh, you know, um, stuff. And then I was kind of like, oh, just doing this little doco with Universal. And he's like, I think Elton went there. Yeah, yeah, he was like the m- most major artist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he really? So Elton, casually. Did he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, was he? Didn't come up in there? Yeah. Oh, I'd be yeah. cool to chat I to him. I was going to watch that Cody in the bathroom. He's going like, I'm so deep now. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, <laughs> so it's definitely, paid off. You know, made a side doco on our trip. But, yeah. It's it's really paid off though. I mean, and honestly, it, it's it's mind-blowing how many incredible names you did get to, to talk to. But then... Can you talk about the sort of downfall of this? Not to not to spoil the the doco, but yeah, the downfall of the studio. I think the title of the documentary actually spoils it, unfortunately. <laughs> 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 it's not a huge secret, but um, so, sort of like snakes on a plane in that way. When you wonder what happens, literally <laughs> the same title. Um, but there was there was actually a hurricane that wiped out the studio first. Like Gracie and I, when we were making the film, we were like. Hurricane, you know, because it was the perfect ending with the volcano, but you've got like a double natural disaster that didn't really suit our storyline. But 
there was a hurricane. <laughs> and then That's annoying for you, up. Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> God, awful. I that. <laughs> no, but from a from a filmmaking point of view, guys. <laughs> yeah. We knew we had an ending, but we mm. had too many endings, which is very rare. <laughs> and what about the editing process? Because that's the thing that scares me about documentaries, just looking at how many hours of footage you have and you've just got to yeah. get there with the, the teppanyaki oh, knives Karen. and go, all right, how are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah, Karen, our editor, is amazing because there's moments where you just want to say to Karen, like, hey, I'm just going to bed for the night because you just solve this by the morning. <laughs> like she's got such a, you know, she has to, you have to have such a strong presence to be a documentary editor because mm. it's like, there is so much stuff. I mean, the amount of transcribes Cody and I read as well when, you know, everyone you interview and highlight and working out, it's like it's a, it's like doing one of those 2,000-piece puzzles, you know, where you slowly start to put it all together, yeah. Are there any stories that you heard along the way that you can tell us but you can't tell us? Well, you know, there's some stories like about my mum, actually, that Gracie and I uncovered along the way because she lived down there and was an artist at the time and dated one of the guys from the police. And I came across some stuff that I hoped that I would never have to see in my life again and also heard some stories that I've, like, you know, mentally now deleted. But, oh, I mean, Cody, <laughs> is that how you came interested in this story, in this studio through your parents? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was wow. living down there as an artist. But, you know, the more we would talk to people, they'd be like, oh, your mum's friend, eh? And I'd be like, yeah, they'd be like, oh. I got a story for you. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> that's probably the worst of it, I think. And then, you know, obviously, you know, Eric Clapton's love child and Elton John's wife and all the rest of it. But yeah, there's a lot that's not in the film. And was there any any instance where, you know, is there a sequel? Is there another place, you know, where, where people have said, oh, you think Montserrat was one? You should check out this place or anything like that? Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, the thing that we got the most when we were making this film was like, you guys, if there was ever to be a film, it should be about you and Gracie trying to make this film. And so, you know, there's a potential sequel in that. But it was one of those places that was pretty, it, you know, there was some great music that came out of there and it was a very successful studio. It sounds like wherever the Stones went, that's kind of the story to follow because essentially they were the last band to record in Montserrat and they said to the producer of the studio, no, normally we trash the place. We break everything inside. But we're not going to do that. We had such a good time in Montserrat and then they left and the hurricane hit and the whole thing blew up. So I feel like they're going to follow around. Goodness gracious. Well, you can check it out right now. It's called Under the Voc- Volcano. Uh, all major digital platforms have it available to uh, to check out. I think there's a rent- rental is, you know, the way to, way to go here to make sure you're able to see Under the Volcano, which is awesome. Uh, we really recommend it. Grace. And Cody, thank you so much for uh, uh, talking to us about it, and congratulations on uh, getting it all together. What an incredible documentary! Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for having us. I love wine and everything about it. What are you into wine? I love wine. Well, a very big thank you to Gracie Otto and Cody Greenwood for joining us today. Uh, an extremely big thanks to you for coming to the party for another Matt and Alex all-day breakfast and uh, the biggest thanks of all to Mr. Ian Dyson for uh, (laughs) tolerating his child's uh, absolute guttural (laughs) podcast content. Um, Big thank you to my friend and yours, Lucidus, for (laughs) making, making today a very, very 
open discussion. If you want to check out the documentary that Gracie and Cody uh, were chatting about, it's called Under the Volcano. It makes me think, as a podcaster, you know, why don't we have cool studios like these musicians? We do need to come up with a tropical island studio for us to just go and podcast from, surely. <laughs> yes, the pool and late night uh, you know, bars to perform at, do no, live podcasts at. I was, I was listening to the Remembering Project the other day. Hamish and Andy bought an island one time. Ah! Yep. Those dirty dogs. Hamish and Andy! <laughs> um, yeah. Thanks for joining yeah, us. But they never had their guest Lou Sanus on the show, so <laughs> sucked in, you losers. <laughs> That's it. The all-day breakfast kitchen is closed. Got something to add to the show? Slide into our DMs at matt.and.alex. Listener.